From the SkyTerra Wellness Retreat, this is the Inspired Intentions Podcast, where we help people build the skills and mindset to live a healthy life. SkyTerra listeners, I have a guest here today with us who is going to teach us all about something that I am very excited to bring to SkyTerra. It's something that I've wanted in our program for quite a while. Our guest today is named Kelly Bruce. She's actually our newest employee. She is a recreation specialist, but she holds a very special skill set that I'm super excited about, and that is forest bathing, forest therapy. And that's what we're here to talk about today. Kelly has been in the outdoor industry for a long time. She has a ton of background in recreation in general. And Kelly, thank you so much for coming on and talking with us today. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, stoked to have you. For all of our listeners out there, you're again our newest employee here, Outdoor Recreation Specialist. Um, Super excited to have you. I'd love for you to tell our listeners a little bit about yourself because we're going to dive into forest therapy and forest bathing. That's what this episode's all about. But you bring so much more to the table than just that. Yeah, forest bathing is my passion, but I also come to you guys with a certification as a level one and two stand-up paddleboard instructor, and um, I've spent so much of my life in the outdoor industry and the fitness industry and took a little detour into communications and marketing and just wasn't feeling the fulfillment that I wanted and just had to come back to the woods. And I'm just so excited to find a position here at Skyterra that allows me to do the things that I really love. That's so awesome. And you've been coming to the Pisgah Forest Brevard area for a long time since you were a kid, yeah? That's right. Yeah, I have been coming to Hendersonville, Pisgah Forest, Brevard since I was a year old. My grandparents had a home in Hendersonville, and this has just always been a really special place in my heart, and I'm just so thrilled that I finally found my way back here after a lot of different twists and turns, time in Colorado, time in Florida, but... Um, this place, these mountains, they just have this welcoming embrace. And I think I finally found my home. That's so awesome to hear. And that uh, kind of brings us towards our, uh, our main topic today. And that's your background in forest therapy, forest bathing, right? Correct. Yes. I am certified by the Association of Nature and Forest Therapy as a guide. And we say that we make sure we emphasize the guide part because the forest is the therapist. Mm. The guide opens the doors and provides these opportunities to connect with nature more deeply. Yeah, absolutely. And so for all you listeners out there that are wondering um, what is forest bathing, I think the most commonly asked question that we get here so far is, do I need a bathing suit? It's not that at all. It's a just connection with nature. And so Kelly, I mean, Give us your definition of what force bathing, force therapy is. Absolutely. For me, it's the mindfulness practice that I didn't know I needed. Okay. I'm very much a nature buff, but it was always for me about getting to the top of the mountain or getting to the waterfall or to that fishing hole. And I missed a lot of things along the way. And the practice of forest therapy and forest bathing taught me how to slow down and mm. to connect to nature and to notice all the little things that we typically miss. And um, the term forest bathing was coined by the Japanese back in the 1980s when we had this technology boom. Everybody started moving indoors for their careers. And with that came a huge spike in health problems, both mental Mm -hmm. and physical. And they were in a search for some way to thwart that health crisis in an economical way. And uh, 
through the Department of Agriculture, Forests, and Fisheries, they did some research and found out that nature is really good for us. Surprise. Right? It's so surprising. But they have research that proves it. They would do health measures both before and after a walk and consistently found that people's blood pressure, heart rate, cortisol levels, everything just improves after a walk in nature. So they implemented these forest bathing trails in the countryside Hmm. and people go on retreat out there and just spend some time immersing themselves in the forest atmosphere. The for, the, they call it shinrin-yoku in Japanese, and it Ooh. translates to forest bathing. And there is no bathing actually involved, <laughs> unless you want to, of sure. course. You're always welcome to put your feet in the creek. But it's about immersing yourself in the healing qualities of nature. I can speak for myself that I always feel better when I'm out in nature. It's just a part of my being. So true. We are nature. We are innately so deeply connected to nature, whether we know it or not. And sometimes we just need a little guidance to reconnect after all this technology and all the stimuli that that modern life throws at us. We need a way to reset. And nature is that just natural environment that just kind of brings us home. Yeah, absolutely. So it was a, a practice that formally was started by the Japanese, right? That's what I'm hearing. Yeah, back in the 1980s, they coined the term, but I think it's safe to say that indigenous cultures have been practicing nature connection on a very deep spiritual level for hundreds of thousands of years. And this is just kind of a reawakening of the fact that we've gone away from that and that we need to come back to it. Oh, wow. So this, you said the 1980s? Yes. Yeah. When when people started working on computers more than ever, it was just becoming readily apparent that people were having so many different health problems as a result of sitting more, mm-hmm. of spending more time indoors. Um, you know, most of us, if we trace back to our ancestors, they had a much deeper connection with the land. They were living off of it, of course, fishing, yeah. foraging, hunting. And nowadays we've got so many ways that, you know, everything's manufactured and we don't have to go out into the woods for our food and you know we don't have to garden it's nice if you can if you have the land to do that but not everybody does and so sometimes you have to find your local public lands your local park or maybe even just reconnect in your own backyard yeah absolutely and I mean if you think back like this practice for the Japanese started in the 80s It's 2022. The technology consumption is completely different now. And I would say that there's more than ever a need for a disconnect and a reconnect at the same time. Disconnect from technology and that reconnect with the world around you. And I I think that they're definitely onto something. So how did you first stumble upon this forest bathing world? I think for me and for a lot of people, we have been forest bathing and not knowing it. Mm-hmm. It's it's an unknowing thing that we do sometimes when we just wander in the woods. And for me, at the time, I was uh, volunteering with an adaptive sports program, teaching snowboarding and snowshoeing to people with different cognitive and developmental disabilities. And I would often get the Colorado School of the Blind would come out and they'd want to snowboard. Mm-hmm. And when you don't have vision, it's really hard to balance. And so... I would often take them snowshoeing instead, just a way to help get them into nature, get them out on the snow in a safer environment. 
And I would narrate for them. I would have them stop and engage all their different senses. Oh, wow. uh, touch the tree, listen for the birds. Mm-hmm. Let's pick up the snow. Let's smell the pine tree. And I didn't know I was forest bathing with them, guiding them. <laughs> That's so cool. Before I even knew it. Yeah. And I somehow stumbled across it. I think it was in like Oprah magazine or some okay. random magazine. I found an article about forest bathing. So I started Googling and found out that they have a certification program for guides. And it just yeah. hit me that I needed to do it. I just knew that was something that called to me. And I went to Sonoma, California and did a one-week intensive training followed by a six-month practicum where we learn about how to craft forest therapy invitations and how to forage because at the end of every forest bathing walk, we have a tea ceremony. So there's so many aspects that go into it. And forest bathing in its most primal sense is just walking mindfully in the woods. But when you go with a guide who's certified by the Association of Nature and Forest Therapy, we have a series of invitations. We call it a standard sequence that we do that helps awaken people's senses and help them drop into the present moment so that the rest of the experience is heightened. And we go through about four different invitations. And at the end, we circle up and we share what we're noticing. And that Mm -hmm. is a really important part of this practice. It's completely optional, but it's a way of building community by having everyone Listen from the heart, speak from the heart, and just be seen and heard. So let, let's back up here. You studied for six months. So this is not like, oh, yeah, I go for a weekend and now I'm certified. This is something that takes a lot of practice and a lot of education around how to, would you say, like make people comfortable outside as well as understand their surroundings and help them connect with it? Because you're doing it in a fairly short amount of time, right? Right. Our typical walks are about two and a half to three hours long Okay. and a series of invitations. And yes, I mean, we have to explain the terrain where we're at. We Mm -hmm. try to have a very gentle trail for people to have these experiences on. And we want to help them from the very get-go feel comfortable. We want to make sure they are aware of their surroundings, aware of the fact that all of our guides are wilderness first aid certified, and just to provide a very gentle introduction to nature because not everyone is a nature buff like you and I. Some of them have never spent much time in the woods. And so this is such a gentle introduction. And like I said, yeah, we go through a series of invitations and throughout it, we're, we're going back and forth, holding space for one another. Sometimes it's a private walk, just one-on-one. Sometimes it's a whole group of people. And define an invitation for everybody. Cause I think that sure. that's important. So when you're saying like we provide these invitations for people, what, what do you mean by that? So the first two invitations in the standard sequence with ANFT are always the same. The first one is a sensory awakening experience. It's very, it could be likened to a guided meditation, Okay. but I don't like to use the word meditation because I feel a lot of people get in their heads about Mm -hmm. that. A lot of people envision meditation as sitting on a floor with their eyes closed, legs crossed, and that's really difficult for a lot of folks. And this is come as you are, sit, stand, however you feel comfortable. We go through our senses one by one, isolating them so that they're heightened for the rest of the experience. And then we circle up, share what we're noticing, 
and go on to our second invitation, which is always what's in motion. And okay. it's a slow wander. So an invitation can really mean multiple different things. It's layered throughout the practice. I didn't want to dive too deep into what the practice looks like through yet, but I think that that's really awesome that you spent that much time educating yourself on this, that there's it's that thorough because it, it's really important when you're bringing people out into a new comfort zone, especially even if it's just for a short amount of time out into the wilderness, that you be very specific and just make sure that everybody is super aware of everything. I, I think that that's really, really, really neat that the association that you worked with took that much love and care behind the education for this. Absolutely. There's a lot of different practices that have been put into this melting pot that has now become nature and forest therapy. Um, just so many different modalities and a lot of thought and care goes into crafting invitations that are mm -hmm. open and not prescriptive. We want people to have their own individual experience. Everybody has their own life experiences that they bring to these circles and we want them to feel safe and confident yeah. where they are, want them to feel safe to express or not. It's mm -hmm. everything is welcome and everyone is welcome. That's really important. So I guess kind of diving into the practice now, kind of setting the stage for it, like how long is a typical force bathing session? Typically, depending on the size of, size of the group, we go from either two and a half to three hours. Okay. And we typically only go about a mile or so. Yeah, we're that was not my next going question. far. Yeah. yeah, we're not going far. It's a matter of walking slowly and mindfully, sometimes sitting. Um, and we can adapt that practice to meet whoever comes on a walk. We can meet them where they are. Oh, that's really important. I mean, yeah, when you told me that, like, yeah, I don't need that much space just a mile is about all that we go. It was, it really changed my perspective on the the whole overall experience. So you're looking at over a three hour period, maybe a mile, but within a mile, I, I know from experience of just being out outside, there's so much stuff around here within a mile. We have so many different types of flowering plants, trees, bushes, shrubs, mosses, funguses, lichens, all this stuff. And a mile is plenty of time and space to be able to experience a lot of what's around here. Right. And I know a lot of folks come to Skyterra for fitness and they mm -hmm. want to move. And for a lot of folks, moving so slowly and, and sitting still can actually be kind of edgy. And that's why mm. this is called a practice. Yeah. It does involve a level of repetition. The more you do it, the deeper you'll go. And a lot of people feel challenged walking slowly or sitting quietly for 20 minutes. And yeah. that's sometimes what we find is edgy for us is exactly what we need and what we need to work on. And so this practice is so accessible. Like I said, we're not going far. We can adapt this to anyone. And I think what's most important is that there's a time to do and there's a time to do nothing. There is a time mm. where we need to focus on our mental state. And this is such a lovely way of slowing down and giving ourselves permission to to be still and to be quiet. Because yeah. we don't do that enough in our culture as we've gotten so tied to our devices. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Which kind of sets me perfectly up for, I'd love for you to describe for the listeners what kind of a practice top to bottom looks like. 
Sure, yeah. What it typically looks like is uh, a welcome and hospitality. We talk about anything that we need to be aware of, any bugs, poison ivy. Mm -hmm. Um, If we're out on a trail, you know, it could be snakes. There's, you know, wild animals out there and, and we need to be aware of them and (laughs) <laughs> and we find as we move slowly, we don't have to worry about anything jumping out at us. We are so much more aware of our surroundings when yeah. we're moving this slow. And I've never had any issues. The biggest thing to typically worry about in these walks is rocks and roots and not tripping. Yeah. But we are moving so slowly. And I always tell folks, if you want to look up, look around, just stop. We're in no hurry. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So we spend a lot of time just making people comfortable and going through the history of forest bathing learning a little bit about the land that we're walking on, Mm -hmm. learning about the indigenous cultures that called this place home before we did. And then we get into the invitations. And like I said, we start with a uh, guided sensory awakening experience where we go through our senses one by one, waking them up so that they can be heightened for the rest of the experience. We circle up and we share what we're noticing and we listen to each person We listen from the heart and we speak from the heart and try to not be too worried about what we're going to say. It's amazing what comes up for folks. And then we go into our next invitation, which is always in the beginning, what's in motion. And it's a slow wander for about 15 minutes, just noticing what's in motion. And even on the stillest of days, you will find so much is in motion, mm-hmm. especially today. We had so many pollinators and oh, birds, cool. and this this campus is just incredible for this. And then we have a couple other invitations, and it just depends on what is happening, what what season it is, who we have on our walk. It just I kind of let the the natural world dictate what the last two are. But I love to end with a sit spot, which is about a 20-minute seated invitation where we just go out, find a place that calls to you, and sit quietly for 20 minutes. And while everyone's sitting, I'm putting together a tea ceremony, and I foraged some different plants from the property, and I create a tea out of it. And then we all come together, and we sit around in a circle and, again, share what we're noticing and just have a little moment of community and of sharing and witnessing one another. So that first invitation, kind of to take a step back and look at it kind of through a closer microscope, when you're talking about like a sensory awakening, are you meaning like, okay, I'm going to I'm gonna close my eyes and I'm just going to try and listen? I'm going to open my eyes and find something to run my fingers through and feel. Is that is that kind of what you mean? Exactly. We start with kind of scanning our bodies, just trying to pay attention to anywhere we might be holding tension and releasing okay. it, focusing on our breath, and mm-hmm. then we move through the senses one by one. And I throw in a few extra senses that people don't always pay attention to, like their sense of imagination, mm. um, their heart sense. Um, we go through all the normal senses that you would expect, like sight. That's usually the very end. I like to keep the eyes closed if we can or keep the gaze soft and go through hearing, smell, taste, and uh, even like your sense of proprioception where you just feel the direction your body is facing with your entire body and just ask yourself, do you feel like you should be facing a different direction? And you just kind of tune into your inner compass and 
if you feel like you should be facing towards the sun or the breeze mm-hmm. or the tree, even though your eyes are closed, you have this sense. And so you're just tuning into these things one by one. And by isolating them, it heightens them. And it really makes the rest of the walk pretty magical. And then by the time you get to the, when you open your eyes, it's just unbelievable. It's like when you close your eyes to when you open it, it's kind of like waking up in Oz, <laughs> where just everything is just in technicolor. Yeah. You know, it's more vivid, more vibrant, because you've, you've just absorbed all the sounds and sights and textures around you. And when you open your eyes, it's like, it's, it's really incredible what you notice. Yeah, I mean, I can imagine how powerful that is. I mean, speaking for probably all of our society, we have such trouble slowing down these days. Even in like when I do a Tai Chi class, it's the same thing. If some people just have trouble slowing down and it sounds like this is a really, and I'll use your word invitation, a really great way to invite people to just kind of get started with that. It so, is. So your your second invitation, kind of one of your standards, you said is like a, a roam is that right? What do you what do you mean by that? It's a wander. Wander, there we go. Where we are looking for motion. Okay. And it's always fun to do that on a really still day where people look around and they think, well, nothing's moving. But if <laughs> yeah. you stop and you look, I feel like you can always see a bug or something mm-hmm. that's in motion. There will always be something. And that means sometimes we just need to increase our attention. And that's one thing that this practice really does is it heightens your awareness. Sure. And it forces you to pay attention. And that's a really beautiful thing that we sometimes just don't do in our day-to-day life. Yeah. And uh, I ask people to... There's a quote I like to share from Thich Nhat Hanh. He says, be aware of the contact between your feet and the earth. Walk mm. as if you were kissing the earth with your feet. And that really gives you a great sense of the pace of that invitation. You are wandering so slowly and sometimes having to stop to see what is in motion. And I remember the first time I did it, I just stopped at a flower and saw this little bee just roll around in this flower like it was like a little swimming pool or something. It was just amazing to witness nature in this, you know, very simple way and just something you never would have noticed if you were just walking down a trail casually. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's kind of just like putting everything under a microscope in a way, just taking that time to appreciate that. Exactly. the the wander that they do, do you set like a a parameter or can they just kind of go wherever they want and just experience what's around them? I tell people to go wherever they feel drawn. The whole practice is about leaning into pleasure and doing what feels good. I think as adults, we get our mindset on going a certain direction. Mm -hmm. And this is a way of kind of being like a kid again and awakening that sense of wonder and awe and giving yourself permission to go wherever you feel drawn. And sometimes that might lead you on a zigzag. For me, it typically leads me to the water. (laughs) It just, you go where you want to go. Yeah. And it's just so beautiful to see people just stop. Sometimes they'll sit down. It's everybody has their own experience and it's really beautiful to witness. And I just love what people bring back to the circle to share. It's really beautiful. That's cool. And so tell me a little bit more about the circle. So when you when you have everybody, say, after the wander, come back together, and you were talking about this tea ceremony, like, what is that? What does that look like? I think there's a trend moving towards circles in so many different ways right now. And for the forest bathing world, it's about bringing everybody back to the circle because everyone's welcome in the circle. Mm-hmm. It's a very inclusive environment 
where there's no judgment, people have a chance to share without anyone responding to them. So often when we get in these conversations, people are listening to respond. And this is a chance to just listen to each other. And when it's your turn to speak, there's nobody responding to you. Everyone is just absorbing it and listening it to it and witnessing. And just it's just such a heartfelt moment for people to have that because it's so rare in the society. Mm-hmm. And so folks have a chance to just maybe sometimes they casually share their observations. Other times as they're on these wanders, something really profound comes up emotionally. And this is their chance to share that with the group and be witnessed and not have anyone judge or respond. And it's so powerful. Does that happen pretty often? Do you have people often come come back with some type of, use, use the word profound. I mean, that's a very powerful word. I mean, it happens pretty often. It does. There's a lot of emotions that come up in forest bathing walks quite often. Because like I said before, we don't give ourselves permission to slow down mm-hmm. and to be silent and still. And often when we finally do, things just erupt. Things come to the surface that we never even knew we were holding on to. Sure. And it's really lovely to let that go and know that you're in a safe place to share. Yeah, absolutely. Do you have any stories that like stick out in your head of, uh, of a guest experience or... Uh yeah, she's shaking her head. Yeah, one, is there one that pops up in your head right away? Yeah, the very first walk I ever offered was still to this date one of the more profound walks that I was on. And there was a guest who showed up late. She was really stressed out, and she explained that she was having some PTSD around attending this walk because it was in Sonoma in a forest that had burned down. And she expressed that her home had burned down in that fire. And it was really edgy for her to come back to that place. In that fire? Yes. Sonoma is notorious for having a lot of wildfires out Mm -hmm. in the California area. And on top of that, she said her daughter had committed suicide in the past year. And she was processing a lot of grief and a lot of trauma. And... I felt this profound weight of guiding this woman on my very first walk. And then I remembered in my training, the forest is the therapist. The mm-hmm. guide is just providing the pathways, opening the door. And people seem to come to this practice in their time of need quite often. And they find exactly what they need in the forest. They find their medicine in the forest, I like to say. And this woman went through so many emotions during the course of that walk. It started out... She had ashes on her hands and saw the little tiny saplings coming out of the scorched earth. And then she went and washed her hands in the creek. And by the time we all sat down to tea, she expressed how she knew that her family and her daughter would want her to start a new chapter and to continue to to live a happy life. And it was just amazing to, to see that and to bear witness and just have all the training that I had just gone through in that week of, of intensive training to see her have that experience and just to see it proven right before my eyes mm-hmm. that this practice works and that everybody gets what they need. It could be just a little bit of stress relief. It could be trauma. It could be, you know, processing grief. It's amazing what comes up and it's amazing how people can process it when they're just given the time and space to just let their emotions 
just erupt and run run flute free. It's pretty pretty incredible. That's awesome. It sounds like she found like a level of almost closure. It really was amazing to witness. And yeah, I I don't know what happened to that woman. I I sure hope she's starting that new chapter, but it was just reinforcement for all that training that the forest truly is the therapist. And as guides, we are just offering these invitations and letting what happens happen. It's so open. It's so open to interpretation. And it might seem simple on the surface, but it works. And it's, it's certainly changed my life. That's for sure. Oh, wow. Well, that's, that's pretty incredible. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that for sure. And we were talking about a circle and kind of, you know, bringing everybody together, but I mean, that's just, that's an amazing, amazing experience. And you were, um, you were mentioning something about a tea ceremony in the circle as well, kind of bring it all back together. Right. Yes. Guides who are trained by the Association of Nature and Forest Therapy end their walks with a tea ceremony. And along the walk, we forage different plants that we've studied that we know are safe for consumption. And we bring some hot water and just put together an infusion of what we find. And we serve it at the end as a way of having a little bit of a ritual and a celebration to end the experience. But it's also a way of quite literally taking the forest in and to drink the tea. It's typically here at Skyterra, I love to use white pine because we have those beautiful white pines lining the driveway and welcoming everyone here. Mm -hmm. And it's such a great tasting tea, very high in vitamin C and antioxidants. And the act of drinking at the end of the ceremony actually helps people to wake back up. Mm. As you go on this journey, you kind of find yourself lost in this liminal space, kind of like at the end of a yoga class when you're in Savasana and you get up and you feel like you probably shouldn't be driving. This is a very similar sensation sometimes as we let ourselves go this is a way of awakening ourselves back up so that we can go back into our lives and drive our cars away and do what we need to do. It's it's just such a gentle way to come back. That's really awesome. And is that what you, you did a uh, white pine tea today, correct? I Kelly did. just got back from a, a uh, forest bathing class right before we did this podcast, right? Yes, I'm probably a little bit too mellow to be doing a podcast now. <laughs> no, you're but... doing fine. That's awesome, though. Yeah, um, we had white pine and goldenrod today because uh, the goldenrod are popping up all over the property, and they're so beautiful. And oh yeah, they look for great. great tea. They look so great right now. And lots of, uh, as you called them, pollinators everywhere. Lots of bumblebees and bees, you know, kind of getting after it uh, right before. It feels like fall out there. It is. That's something that came up in our walk today. It's like this is the the enmeshment between summer and fall. It's kind of this little shoulder season here. And it's, I like to ask people, you know, what does summer smell like? What does, you know, fall taste Mm, like as we're going through those senses? And it's just really neat to be on the cusp of these two seasons right now because it's not quite summer and it's not quite fall yet. Somewhere in the middle. Yeah, it was like, what, 54 degrees on the way up to Mm. a hike that we did the other day. Yeah. Yeah, that was really cool. I guess one of my last questions for you is, you know, what does forest bathing look like here at Skyterra? Yeah, forest bathing here at Skyterra follows the same standard sequence that I described. And we can walk down our yellow trail here to the creek. There's some beautiful, large water oaks that we like to do our, our tea ceremony under. And often what we'll do is we'll start there 
and we'll just pulse out. We let people wander wherever they will feel drawn. But we can also go out on excursions. I like to lead some of my walks at Pink Beds. Yeah. It's important to me to find a very gentle, accessible trail. And like we said, we don't really go very far on these walks. And we can even do them closer to the main campus. We can adapt this practice to whoever comes to us, whether it's a private, whether it's a group. This practice is so accessible, and we can adapt it to meet whoever we have on our walks. Yeah, that's really awesome. And for listeners, Pink Beds is a really awesome hike that we have on the schedule that's in Pisgah National Forest, um, which is absolutely gorgeous, especially in the springtime. Lots of wildflowers and uh, mushrooms and things like that. But it sounds like uh, here at Skyterra, it's just a unique experience with you to be here. You can do it right here on campus, go off campus, whatever that needs to look like. And um if somebody can't come to Skyterra and do a forest bathing class with you, which I highly recommend everybody, um, what options do they have? Is there like a, an association? Do you just Google search if it's something they wanted to try near them? You had uh, mentioned doing like a virtual one earlier. Yeah, absolutely. A great way to find out if there's guides in your area is to go to natureandforesttherapy.earth. And search the guide portal. We have guides all over the world who offer in-person walks, but they also offer virtual experiences via Zoom. And I know that sounds counterintuitive to put a screen between you and nature, but the idea is to receive your invitations through the app, but then go out into your own backyard, your own local park, and to explore the land where you are. Mm-hmm. And I hope at some point we can get some um, forest therapy invitations up on Skyterra at home. Oh, that'd and be cool. That's a great idea. Yeah. If you're looking for a way to experience forest bathing, just use some of those invitations that I offered up. Just go on a slow wander for 15 minutes in your own backyard and see what you discover. And if you don't have a family member or friend with you at the moment, you can journal about it, but it's always helpful to share what you're noticing. And one of my favorite invitations is just to go sit out in nature for 20 minutes and just sit quietly and, and notice what unfolds. And is that something that you kind of recommend doing pretty often? Absolutely. I mean, if you can get outside every day, that's wonderful. It's not necessarily attainable for Mm -hmm. all of us, but this is a practice. And the more you do it, the deeper you'll go each time. And it's really about just setting aside time to be in nature. And research shows you don't have to spend hours and hours to have an impact on your health. It really just amounts to maybe 30 minutes, you know, every couple of days or go on a two and a half hour forest bathing walk once a week. But my, the one, what I'd like to bring home to folks is that it is a practice. Mm -hmm. And sometimes these things that we do in these walks can seem a little edgy. And that just might mean you need to lean into that edge and experiment with increasing the amount of time that you sit quietly. You might start with 10 minutes and increase it to 20 and then 30 and and just see how that feels. And if it feels really uncomfortable, you just have to ask yourself, is this what I need or do I need to lean away from this? And just do what feels right. It's about leaning into pleasure and just giving yourself permission. 
That's great advice. I, I'm definitely the more the merrier kind of guy for sure. But that's uh, my recreation background coming out. Above and beyond forest bathing listeners, Kelly is, again, one of our newest staff members. She's going to be out and about doing all kinds of fun recreation stuff with all of our guests, um, water sports, hikes, all the above. And we're super stoked to have her. And, and I really appreciate you coming on here to kind of talk and explain all about your forest bathing practice to our listeners. Thank you for the opportunity. I feel so grateful to be here and to be bringing this practice to a place where folks come for wellness. I think it's a really lovely addition to all the wonderful offerings that we have at Skyterra. Absolutely. I could not agree more. The Inspire Intentions podcast is a production of Skyterra Wellness Retreat. Special thanks to Rachel Colasino and Patrick Davis for all that they do behind the scenes to make this thing happen. Please send us your questions and comments to inspiredintentions at skyterrawellness.com. Subscribe on iTunes and everywhere podcasts can be found. If someone you know might benefit from this podcast, share Inspired Intentions with them and give us a five-star rating. Join us next week as we cut through the unrealistic noise on diets and fitness and show you how healthy living can fit seamlessly into your already busy life. Thanks for listening.